right, all right, all right. Welcome to Freightonomics. I'm Zach Strickland, Director of Freight Market Intelligence here at Freightways, alongside my co-host, Anthony Smith, lead economist, fresh off of some Freightways now this morning, uh, and coming to you today to talk about what to expect with the upcoming season. So we've got peak season coming up. And there's some t- there's a there's a there's a little bit of noise out there that says maybe after this peak season or maybe this peak season won't be that peaky. Mm. We might see a little bit of a, a downward trend in certain sectors. So we're going to tackle that question today. We got a 30 minute show, so a lot to uh, get crammed in in a short period of time. Yeah, and and to your point, uh, the other thing is, are we in the peak now? Are yeah. we actually? living in the peak right now. Has the peak already passed us? Are we now on the other side of it? Mm-hmm. What does it all mean? Let's jump into it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, also, I got to mention, if you see me looking down, because you guys should be watching on tv.prayers.com, but if you're not, because you just got to pop up on LinkedIn, I am going to be watching LinkedIn as well. So if you want to join in on the conversation, have a question for Zach or myself, make a point. I'm going to be reading those comments if you're watching live from 12 to 12.30 Eastern Standard Time on this Thursday afternoon. We already have Rito in here saying hi. Hi, Rito. Thanks for tuning in. So we will be, you know, monitoring that as we go on throughout the show. Checking them out. Checking them out. So, you know, over the last uh, few weeks, you know, everybody's really been, you know, excited because it's, you know, we've got all this congestion. <laughs> we talked to Henry Byers about the port congestion with... Uh, and, and, you know, the rail side of things is starting to improve a little bit. Truckload obviously is what it is, but there's been some, uh, you know, the spot market itself, the spot rates have declined. I wrote an article about it. We're going to tackle that here in just a second. But first up, you know, I think everybody's been talking about Christmas. I want to go ahead and throw out our memes of the week (laughs) and get it going because Christmas is right around the corner. And when we talk about peak season, uh, you know, in trucking, it's traditionally that period of time right around Christmas holidays um, where everybody's ordering all their stuff and their gifts and everything's coming in. It's also end of year, you know, Black Friday. It's trying to everybody's kind of trying to get in the black. A lot of companies making that last second push to get some revenue in. Uh, so it becomes very active. And that means more freight ships. Well, speaking of freight ships, the first meme uh, that we have today, is this one got me to chuckle. Because again, we're, we're talking about transportation, supply chain stuff in mainstream, kind of that pop culture scenario. Kermit the Frog <laughs> sitting out in his tugboat, heading out to do some early Christmas shopping. And you've got, of course, ever, an evergreen ship sitting out there with a bunch of containers because all your guests are sitting on a boat right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's practical. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, a practical solution you know what, this is what we need to do in order to kind of alleviate some of that congestion. Maybe just set up ferries for people to kind of just do some Christmas shopping. On well, we're going to the- talk about this in just a second. There's still all these boats sitting out there in the port of Los Angeles yeah. and Long Beach uh, that haven't been unloaded, and there's still a bunch of congestion. Uh, the next meme is, a, is not really a meme. It's more just an internet chart, and I love charts. <laughs> um, and, and it's talking about, you know, the future of employment. Um, and this one kind of struck me because it's, it's interesting. It's talking about how in the past you work nine to five and the future you work anytime past you work in a corporate office. Now you work anywhere, (laughs) you know, use company equipment, use any device. Like it's, it's very, 
pre-COVID, post-COVID. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's basically addressing this remote work lifestyle. And I think some of the the points on this thing are extremely uh, relevant in terms of supply chain management and the and the future of just the e- economy itself. Because as people and workers, and, and Ford did this back in the day, he recognized that people didn't have time to go and use his cars. Mm. So he gave his employees a day off, an extra day off on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And that started this whole like, oh, wait, the economy actually does better when people have free time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all that chart was saying is now people are actually going to have, it's not just about free time, but it's about flexible time. Now they can go and do certain things when it's, you know, right for them. Right. <laughs> you know, work may not be right. It may not be right for us to work a nine to five day. Um and just cram it all in there. Maybe it makes more sense to work, you know, an hour at night after the kids go to bed or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But the point is flexibility opens up economic options for consumers. And I think that's actually uh, something we're going to really need to watch for moving forward because we're ta- we're, today we're going to address all the things about how, you know, looking beyond this peak season cycle or whatever this is, how the world is going to go back to whatever it was before. No, it's not going to go back to the way it was before. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so us expecting this kind of like long drawn out, you know, decline or sharp fall, that's probably not sufficient, <laughs> you know, in terms of an explanation. Yes, things will kind of resolve uh, and move towards an equilibrium, but it's not going to be the equilibrium we knew in 2019, right? Yeah, it's going to be. So the baseline is has been increased. I mean, we're we were looking at say if we're moderating at this level, the baseline is now. This is going to be the new. I don't want to say it, Zach. <laughs> don't make the new. Normal. Don't do it. Don't. Oh, uh, it leaves There's a bad no taste in my thing. mouth. It leaves a bad taste <laughs> in my no mouth, but. Thing. There is a new baseline that's going to be set. Yeah. So we're going to look at it in some of the charts that we're yeah. going to present throughout today. Yeah. Um, that, you know, yeah, it's going to ease and slow, but the new high is going to be much higher than where the base was before. Yeah, things are changing dramatically. And I think that's kind of really what we're going to get at today. We're going to find out that things are changing so rapidly. Information is so readily available now. You cannot build a paradigm <laughs> and sit on it for 10 years anymore. Yeah. If you come to that conclusion, look at GE. They just decided, hey, we need to, uh, you know, deconsolidate <laughs> our business units because it just doesn't make any sense anymore to just patch on pieces of a company that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Um, and I think that's going to be the trend moving forward is we're going to have to make companies more adaptable. And, uh, you know, the supply chain, obviously, is going to have to be more fluid. It's not going to be this huge rigid structure that we've seen in the past. So let's talk about this in the news because the first newsonomics story of the day is from U.S. Express, uh, you know, down the street carrier here, uh, Craig Fuller, CEO, the son of the uh, founder, uh, Max Fuller, of course. Uh, You know, so we have a lot of relationship with this company in terms of like people have worked there. I've worked there in the past, et cetera. Uh, But that has nothing to do with this story. <laughs> uh, just felt the need to get that out just there full for disclosure. Full, full disclosure. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this article, U.S. Express Freight Outlook calls for toward pace, but consumer concerns loom. And I think the consumer concerns we talked about uh, quite a bit on Freightways Now in the morning, but uh, they, it says concerns throughout the overall economy, most notably the direction of the consumer spending uh, and 
you know, will likely continue, uh, but the cycle will end more than likely due to a decline in demand. And I think, I mean, they obviously have been listening to us because that's what I've been yeah. preaching in, in transportation for the last uh, several months now is that there's just too much de- like capacity that would need to be added uh, in order to really solve this current problem. Because it's really not just about like a shortage of equipment and stuff like that. It's an imbalance mm-hmm. of equipment too. Like they're, they're both, they, they happen at the same time. Yeah. If you just had a ton of trucks sitting around in drivers, yeah, but they're never like they're driving all one direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're inevitably going to just still be on one side of the country. You don't just materialize back on the other side, and that's that's really the problem. Uh, U.S. Express also noted that roughly 100,000 drivers will be sidelined by the drug and alcohol clearinghouse by year end. Uh, and the implementation of infrastructure spending will definitely be a factor in driver recruitment and retention trends, basically saying that all that infrastructure money is going to tr- draw some drivers out of the space. Definitely. definitely. Um, and that's, that's the point. Like, driver recruiting isn't going to get easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and even when those semiconductors come due, it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> so, uh, you know, by the time all that does come together... Demand's probably going to ease a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that's a great point is talking about that demand aspect because uh, there's a, so much focus on the supply side. And one of the great points that you made months ago is that there has to be something with the demand mm-hmm. to really kind of rectify the situation because the infrastructure that needs to be built out can't really be built out just overnight. It's not a simple or easy solution. So looking at it on the demand side. And what we've seen on the demand side is that there's been so much um, momentum behind it with the deployment of stimulus checks. We've seen, you know, the un- extended unemployment benefits, the bonus benefits, all these other things to keep so much cash in consumers' pockets. A lot of that's starting to subside. And yeah. we're still seeing the momentum for that consumer continue and outpacing a lot of those benefits. But the other thing that's outpacing some of the benefits on the consumer side, of course, as we mentioned, inflation. And so looking at wage growth, which has increased, not really increased enough to outpace inflation, which is at a 31-year high right now. Um, Another great point that was made by you earlier this this morning is that inflation has been hitting products like electronics, appliances, of course, with automobiles, houses, things like that, but it hitting grocery stores. Now you're starting to get into the pockets of those who may not have been you know, shopping like crazy, not have really been going out buying the newest, latest of everything. Maybe you've been saving and you've been, you know, really meticulous on how you utilize your finances. But now it's starting to hit you at a point where it's a a utility good, you know, a good that you're going to be buying regardless. There's different types of elasticity attached to that. And so Mm -hmm. now when you're looking at those purchases being impacted, that changes a lot of things. And so we look at the savings rate for those U.S. consumers that savings rate was at, you know, it was sky high throughout the pandemic, mm-hmm. but now we're seeing it at pre-pandemic levels, like coming down. nothing ever happened. Coming down. The next one is going to be the chart of the week uh, article that I wrote this last weekend. Um, and let's go ahead and pull up the chart that was in it. Well, it's actually, we're less one line that was in the chart, but the, the, the gist is the same. So spot rates, Basically, you know, looking at this, peaked out around Labor Day, and now they're actually trending lower uh, over the last month, month and a half. They kind of flatlined here in 
something to take away from this as well is that these are all in spot rates. Now the spot rates get all the headlines and all the news and everybody's looking at truckload spot rates because that's where the action is. It's like the boiler room of trucking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they've been actually declining more severely than this chart shows because these rates include fuel. And fuel has jumped significantly over the last uh, 30 to 45 days. So this decline actually should be a lot more sharp. Um, big takeaway here, though, uh, is that maybe we have seen some sort of like top mm -hmm. in terms of rate inflation. Um, doesn't mean that peak season is not going to happen by any means. But the fact that we're seeing this kind of flatlining decline that just means that there is some room in the space now to where carriers are now starting to accept more freight uh, from their shippers. Contract rates have come up. They're, they're moving at much higher rates than they were a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so less freight falling to the spot market. Not saying that the market's good, that, that line that you see there or that you were looking at is going to just fall off into oblivion uh, in the next couple of months. But the fact that it's probably not going to climb like, too much higher <laughs> you know we're gonna have thanksgiving and christmas happen just like we do every year <laughs> yeah and that capacity is going to be it's going to get tight because of supply side conditions yet again not being sufficient mm. and then of course the demand for service is on the rise as well uh but i think applying this is one of those signals that you if you look into the future a month i think you can apply a little bit of downward momentum into 2022 on the spot market. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of, I think, signals that's showing that, yeah, 2022 is going to be a busy year. No one's going to just say like, you know, right. hey, it's going to be a, a, <laughs> you know, a piece of cake, a walk in the park or anything like that. But it's not going to be the same conditions as we saw in 2021. The other big thing I, I forgot to add on um, that I think you made a point of not too long ago or some time ago when looking at uh, the current conditions within um, the freight market is looking at, I think, um, the, the, the changes and some of the just-in-time aspects of it as well. And right. so one of the things that we were talking about for sure was it was like a set-in-stone aspect before. Now it's more like a philosophy, mm -hmm. um, as it should be, like what fits your scenario what, where do you fit within it? And so instead of like, I think at one point in time, we saw run-ups on raw goods and materials, almost like we saw of paper, of toilet paper and hand sanitizer earlier on in the pandemic, we're seeing a really a gathering of just in case right. um, mm -hmm. uh, acquisitions of, of uh, raw materials. And so, so I think that's going to be another one that we're going to have to keep our eye on going into 2022. Are you prepared for the new year or are you preparing for what we had in 2021? Right, right. And you, it's really going to be hard to budget this year even. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it was really, it was near impossible to budget for last year. Obviously, all the budgets were blown in 2020, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it, uh, this next year is still going to be difficult. So the last story, and this is going to lead us into the rest of the show here, um, written by Greg Miller. Uh, this is just kind of an update, but it, it really ties together with all the supply chain madness that we're dealing with uh, in the discussion over whether or not we have truly peaked out. <laughs> or not. Uh, and it involves the port congestion in Long, Los Angeles, Long Beach. Last minute reprieve uh, for Los Angeles, Long Beach uh, delays pulling trigger on the congestion fee. So that $100 per container fee that we were talking about just a few weeks ago that everybody is up in arms about saying, oh my goodness, this is going to just inflate rates and it's going to get passed along from the port to the carrier to the shipper to the consumer. 
and it's just gonna, it's not gonna solve the problem. Well, really solid points in this article about how they're delaying it. And the reason they say is that they've actually made a lot of progress. However, there are still, as of Wednesday of last week, <laughs> there were still 86 boats <laughs> sitting out in the port. And the increase, uh, the average time at anchor increased to 17.9 days. <laughs> That's so wild. there's still a ton of boats sitting there. There's still yeah. a ton of containers sitting there. And, you know, the point of the article isn't necessarily to explain that it's very congested, but this, this one right here. So... Uh, he, Greg Miller interviews consultant John Monroe wrote in his weekly newsletter, while I understand the intention, this is a really dumb idea for one good reason. The ports cannot measure the days that the container has been available to deliver. I, I, I mean, this was like, duh. <laughs> like when I read this line, I was like, oh yeah, yeah you have yeah. no idea where this stuff is. Yeah. So how are they going to op- implement this? And then, and he goes on to explain under the current conditions, when a terminal discharges a container, it puts a percentage of the containers into closed lanes. They are not available for, for pickup. <laughs> you can't pick them up. They're not available. <laughs> so uh, when that happens, you can't make an appointment and you have no idea when they're going to get released. It is not unheard of for containers to sit in a closed lane for weeks. <laughs> How will the ports account for containers that are in closed lanes? And, and it's like, that's just one nuance among many uh, that are out there. And to me, this is the junction of the freight market mm-hmm. over the next probably several months. What is happening at the port of Los Ange- ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach? Um, it, you know, monitoring spot rates from Los Angeles yeah. is kind of one of the things I do. Yeah. to see how the ebbs and flows are, are happening there because Los Angeles is so pivotal of a market now. All this import volume, it has three things it can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets off the boat, goes onto the rail, goes into a warehouse, or gets on a truck. And sometimes it does multiple. <laughs> yeah. uh, the drayage providers obviously can dray it away, but you know, we don't know exactly how much is getting warehoused right now. Some shippers have a ton of freight sitting in a warehouse. And some don't mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in, in re- relation to their current demand. And so I'm watching Los Angeles Long Beach or Los Angeles period on the freight market. And I want to pull up our uh, new track, uh, our market dashboard track, uh, one of a couple of rates from Ontario and Los Angeles. So this one that you're looking at here, um, this is Ontario to Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see a huge jump. So something to note about Ontario. This is the Inland Empire. This is the stuff that is not is not at port. This is the stuff that has been transloaded into a warehouse and may have been sitting there. It's already been drayed or whatever it's done. And it's been in a warehouse and it's moving away. It doesn't have a lot to do with the port <laughs> at this point. So this is the stuff that's been sitting there. And we're seeing spot rates climb disproportionately to the rest of the country. I just showed you the chart of the week. Yeah. Rates are down. Yeah. <laughs> In most spots. And again, this is more near time. This is more real time than that was. That was that was probably a week and a half ago's mm-hmm. rates at this point. So that's, we need to make that clear. But you see Ontario actually started increasing <laughs> a little while ago. And they took the most significant jump more than a week ago. Right. Um, just around, just right around the 11th. Uh, so right around a week ago. And then you see another big jump here in the last day or so. Yeah. If you watch Freightways Now this morning, Ontario, jumping 
off the map. And yeah. everywhere, like <laughs> when, when you pulled up the Ontario tree map, I think it was even yesterday, green across the board, essentially. Yep. yep. Uh, so things are not easing right now. Right? Yeah. Like, and we're going into peak season. So this tells me, those, that article right there tells me that we can't let our foot off the gas just yet. Can you give me any reasons, <laughs> economically speaking, that we need to be looking into the future and say, you know what, we've got some signs that things aren't, are, are starting to ease a little bit more. And we, we, might need to, we might need to revise our budgets next year. We do. So, I mean, when you're looking at things on a rate of growth, so I love looking at things on a rate of growth, on whether it's a quarterly rate of growth, an annual rate of growth. We've seen peaks in the rate of growth on a quarterly level on pretty significant measures. So mm -hmm. retail sales is one of them. We've seen the quarterly rate of growth peak already earlier this year. Um, same with manufacturing. But that hasn't quite, and this is going to be the theme, I think, for 2022, mm -hmm. is that after that peak that we've seen, mm -hmm. it's been still substantial, very high level growth. And still, when you look at it on a year-over-year -year basis, really across the board, especially in this latest release, still double-digit levels. And so there's a long way to go before we are ever, I'm not going to say we're ever going to hit that those levels that we had in 2019 or anything like that, but there's going to be a long, slow easing effect in 2019, or 2022. And this is what we're looking at right now. Those quarterly growth rates are slowing, okay. but it's not showing signs of recession. It's not turning negative by any means. It's just showing that, hey, it's still incredibly busy. It's incredibly wild here, but it's not at that same hyperspeed growth. I right. mean, we're not going 85 or essentially 100 and a 65. Right. Maybe we're easing down to 85 or something like that. So I want to pull up another chart, and this is going to be the IOTI. Uh, not, not, not another spot chart, but the IOTI. I want to pull this one up. This is our inbound TUs index. If you look at it, it looks like over the course of the last, you know, six, seven, eight months, since about May, we've been on a downward trend. Yeah. However, look at the very end there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. There is life in this thing yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even with all those boats sitting out at anchor, these are TUs, of course, that are, that are booked. So everything that you see there, that date is the estimated time of departure from origin for stuff in China. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so a lot of that blue line there... That's on a boat somewhere. <laughs> right. Uh, that last little jump in, in the IOTI. So it looks like, it looked like for a while there, oh man, they're done. They're taking a sigh of it. They're just calling it. Yeah. yeah. Now we're seeing that. Now I want to pull up one more chart uh, to kind of contradict this a little bit. <laughs> see it. Uh, the OTVI. <laughs> OTVI, we talked about this on Freightways Now a little bit. Look at that right there. That blue line. That's this year. Yeah. That's demand. That's truckload tender volumes. So that's our demand side surface indicator. Dropping below that green line from last year, Anthony said. Mm -hmm. We have dropped below it. We are seeing a downward trend before Thanksgiving. Now, this was a point that you made um, earlier this week, mm -hmm. spot versus contract, mm -hmm. right? What are we seeing here? Yeah, these are contract. These yeah. are contract tender. So at this point, it could be, like we saw in Los Angeles, a lot of that freight that has to move just goes straight to spot. Gotcha. Because that is guaranteed compliance. We talked about tender rejection rates being around 20%. Yeah. You don't take that one in five chance, you're not going to get it covered. You just go straight to spot, say, I need compliance. I don't need to mess around. Right. And right. that happens this time of year. So that could be playing. And that's a great point <laughs> into this. But I'm still watching that trend line coming in December. 
all these shippers, if you looked at that green line last year, they thought it was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they thought their time was done. And then the consumer came back in January and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just spending time with my family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right back at it. So let's, we only have a minute and a half left, Anthony Smith. What are your closing thoughts on what, how do we figure out what the consumer is about to do here in the next few months? And what do we make of it in the long term? Definitely. So I think right now, in the next few months, consumers are in a good position. They are gainfully employed. They're, if you look at the indexes, like consumer confidence and consumer sentiment, showing that they're down in the dumps. Their actions are showing otherwise. Great point that you mentioned is that you can't take that, you know, for granted because this can come into effect come February, come January, come, you know, the first quarter of 2022. So that's going to have to be a, a factor when you're looking at it. So I think the consumers are in a good place right now. The stamina can push towards the end of the year, but all bets off. And I think slower growth is going to be really taking hold after the first quarter of 2022. Yeah, I think well said. The consumer, of course, controls this economy greatly. Yeah. Anthony Smith, thank you so much for that. We, I guess we will have to wait and see. Thank you so much for joining us for our shortened version of Freightonomics. Oh, Zach. From the control room, Ethan Carlson. Best Thanksgiving side dish? Uh, macaroni and cheese. When do you start playing Christmas music? Uh, never. Ooh, <laughs> Zach, the Christmas rich. I go with my That's fine. That's fine. But drink more water. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.